0: welcome everyone to the show and a very exciting episode on deck now um not only was he on the cover of uh 2002's nba live video game he's the second overall draft pick in the nba draft in 1999 Uh, he's a three-time all-star for the nba one of my favorite players from when i was a bit younger it's steve francis the franchise thank you so much for joining us how's it going thank you for having me pretty well uh here in houston
1: Despite COVID, just still trying to stay safe and uh, be positive.
0: Yeah, I got my coffee already. It's called Meet Me for Coffee, the show. Uh, Black coffee in my grandma's mug. It's actually metal, so I tried microwaving it and heating it up a couple days ago. It burnt my hands. I had no clue. Um, How do you take your coffee, Steve? What's that? How do you take your coffee, Steve?
1: Well, uh, cream and sugar. Um, I like like espresso. Um, I like Colombian coffee.
0: Well, man, with a deep voice like that, man, uh, Colombian coffee really suits you, man. Um, There's one thing that a lot of my fans, when I I pitched the idea of you coming on the show, uh, wanted to know, and let's get it out of the way, the transition from the NBA to the Chinese Basketball Association. uh, Can you describe um, what it's like playing in a different country almost full-time, and how did that go for you?
1: For me, um, I I thought, basketball but really it was it was an admiration because i knew that Yao came to to the states to play um for the houston Rockets, and i seen how much it meant to us to the united states and i seen how much it meant to the nba to return the favor i decided to go to china and play in the cba um it was hard for me uh you know when i first got there they wanted me to play the first day i got off the plane and i was so jet lag of a 24 hour flight and i'm like i couldn't even stand up so it was tough
0: it's uh it was quite a, a time right i think S- stephen marbury went over there too to play yeah um, so during your time in the nba you had you know the answer alan iverson you had all those guys kobe Shaq. uh what an amazing era uh to to play uh, and w- what i want to know uh, from you specifically is how do you prepare for games like in the in the, a professional athlete going to play say the Lakers, how are you preparing for that game?
1: Physically, you should already be ready, you know, physically, and of course, it's, it's all mental. A lot of things you have to get the Lakers' psyche uh, kind of out of your mystique about how many championships they have, their legendary Hall of Fame players, their stadium the coaches and all those things and you have to believe in yourself and stick to the plan that you know and your coaches and your teammates that you work for regardless of what it is is on the court business wise training parenting anything you do study and prepare and go with what you have
0: don't worry about the enemy and then when you guys add a Yao into the mix it almost was like almost a uh, an equalizer with the with the Lakers right i mean that big presence uh, up against Shaq, Shaq really a, a scary person to drive the ball up against or how did you feel about that
1: i remember one time i uh, i went to the lane I drove, and i drove Man, i had a clear layup and he tried to block the shot um even though i missed the shot but when he fouled me his knee hit my thigh and my contusion was like for two weeks and it wow. was like, I couldn't even walk, but I still played, but I had to get treatment on it every day. So I had a real deep uh, thigh contusion. It was crazy. It was black and red for a while.
0: So we talk about injuries. Um, let's talk about, also talk about the scariest NBA players that you've gone up against. Who, who are some of your, your, the ones that you're kind of scared of? Like, who are the most intimidating people to play one-on-one with? Or even just in the in a game that you know that they're 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 not covering you, but you know that eventually they're going to come around and maybe try and stop you. Nobody, nobody.
1: Yeah. Um. The only thing I could say that I will be prepared or nervous about those lucky streak that people come off the bench and get those lucky shooters that come in the game and turn the game around.
0: And and like when you practice. Um, when you're on a lucky streak, you're you're super hot. Once you feel the, the momentum going your way, um, be it, be it you or you know Kevin Durant or whatever, like Kevin Durant's a pretty scary guy when he gets all all amped up, right? He can put anything in the net. Um, and and we talk about uh, the evolution of the basketball game now. Do you think that um, people are more focused on uh, being a more all around player nowadays. Um, it's,
1: it's wild that you say that I just made a statement for my team on our website that uh, nowadays the game has evolved so much from position one through five. Anybody can check anybody and players don't just play point guard center shooting guard. So that's what, when I said earlier about the scariest players, anybody can get hot at any time.
0: And You don't know like what, what exactly they're going to, or when they're going to hit the iron, right? Yeah, right. I mean, th- there's a guy, um, what's his name? Chris Chris Boucher. Um, he plays for the Toronto Raptors up here in Toronto. Yeah, I'm representing the Six. I'm a Pascal Siakam fan. And um, yeah, we've been through a, a pretty crazy um, uh Run around over the last you know decade and stuff like that, but uh, yeah, Chris Boucher plays center. He can shoot a, th- a three pointer if needed. So could Marcus Saul uh, when he played for us, and he still can. That guy's awesome. Um, but Vince Carter is is the guy who really put us over and put us almost in contention to go to the finals. Uh, he he had such a big influence on the game of basketball up here, and I know a lot of people like um, Kevin Durant and, and others look up to him. Have if you if you're played uh, against um, ha, or, or had Vince Carter covering you at, at any point in time?
1: Uh, I would say that Vince is one of the most athletic, you know, athletes that play the game. Um, I seen that when he was in college. Uh, in the NBA, the same way. Uh, he held Toronto down for his whole career. And I thought that um, by him getting traded to so many teams, I thought he would finish completely with the Raptors. But, um, you know, guarding him, you know, uh, you like I said, interchangeable. I didn't play his position, but we, we had matchups sometimes we guarded each other. And I'm surprised you didn't bring up the biggest matchup that me and Vince ever had. Do you know what that is?
0: The slam dunk competition?
1: So that right there alone was more of seeing how athletic it is to go up against somebody like that. And his creativity – with the competition, with Tracy also, myself, that right there was another level for me.
0: Did, did you know that he was going to pull the, the ball through his legs or no?
1: I didn't even know what was going on. Even though it was loud in there, it was quiet. To me, I was, a comp- I was in competition because I knew, like, what is he trying to do? And I never saw anybody actually try to put their mind together to put their hand in the rim or – get alone jump for the free throw line with two hands
0: on like unreal athleticism for sure um explain what it takes to you know perform on a stage like the slam dunk competition like what kind of um who helps you come up with the dunks do you come up with the dunks um you have to make sure that you can actually execute them um h- how did you configure your 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 set list or whatever you want to call it for your the dunk competition
1: well, a lot of people prepared i didn't I, I was totally off adrenaline um there was one duck you had to do with a partner that was it we didn't focus on that as much i was focusing on trying to get 50s every time so i would say for me uh the height of being where michael jordan dr J, spud Webb, dominique wilkins and i'm here on this stage at the dunk contest where uh millions and millions of kids across the world would want to be and i was blessed to be able to compete and that's what i wanted to take advantage of
0: it's unreal you know talking to a professional athlete that has been there your team at the time when yao came in that was almost like the complete click right it clicked for you guys um t-mac um, you also had ray for alston on that team as well at some point in time um he, what an awesome, awesome team. Uh, but now now we, we look forward um, and also look backwards at the same time. Like, a guy like Tracy McGrady, for example. yeah, he was an amazing player but it, is there ever a, a, a thought in your mind uh, that you can be like, hey I, I wish I could have won a championship or how does uh, like, how does a, an athlete retire and, and, and not think about that?
1: Everybody does in any sport. Everybody is. If you're an ultimate competitor, you want to be that person that raise that trophy. Um, I think for guys like Charles Barkley, who's a Hall of Famer, guys like Steve Nash, Allen Iverson, um, guys like myself, guys like Baron Davis, who, you know, we put our all in this game. And not to to win a championship is – not that it defines our career, but we just didn't win a championship. But we were able to compete with the best players uh, for our career. So I'll take that over not being
0: able to play in the NBA any day. That's a, that's an amazing answer. Now things are a bit different. They have the these super teams. So It's like, hey, this guy wants to come play here. Um, you know, most recently uh, James Harden from the Houston Rockets, and he's joining the Brooklyn Nets with uh, Kevin Durant and. Kyrie Irving and maybe Andre Drummond as well. That's what I'm hearing. But, uh, like, how has the game changed since you left?
1: It's a lot of uh, social media involved. It's a lot of, you know, TV money. The ratings aren't as well, um, despite COVID. But there's a lot of money for them to play around and build these teams. And guys are, you know, more, they aren't, they're least reluctant as our predecessors, the guys before us. Um, they were super hard-nosed, but the rules have changed. And, you know, people want to play buddy ball nowadays and play with their boys and uh, compete on a level. So that's what it's come to. But I don't think, um, as our era, that's what we, we did. We didn't really team up like that. But this era, that's what it's about. So a lot of fans are starting to adapt to it.
0: Is that fair though? Like, is it fair for you know LA, who has all of this cash to make all these trades and 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 bring all these disgruntled players who are playing for their teams now to join the Lakers and and then team up against you guys or another team that's you know not as strong as uh the Lakers are? It's all about championships, right? And then friendship now.
1: Yeah, I see. But there's no crying in basketball. Just like in baseball, there's no crying. They're doing the same thing in baseball. Uh, they, they're they not doing it in hockey and football, but in baseball, they're, they're stacking. Look at all the other teams. So it's just like um, a money market, Who, whoever has the most money, you know, they can have the most assets. And that's the players that they're getting. And the owners are taking advantage of that and they're enjoying it. Uh, and those are the top teams. Uh I think the, the the list of the highest franchises came out a couple of weeks ago and those teams are right up there. Baseball and basketball.
0: Yeah. Uh, hockey's a bit hard, right, to stack your team because you have like a pretty small salary cap and uh, the big players now, they're commanding like, you know, 11 million dollars, which is kind of nothing compared to some baseball players or other NBA players. Um, but the way that the game's evolved, especially with the NBA, uh, with the, the, we have the D league now where you're, you're, you have your little farm team that you can call people up. Uh, lots of great players are able to get those opportunities, especially when there's an injury. It's a great time for you to shine. Um, who, who are some of your favorite uh, up and coming players uh, in basketball? Well,
1: I'm, um- I'm an old school guy. I like guys who, uh, you know, who, who pass the ball around. Chris Paul to me is one of the most professional players um, to play with. Uh, despite him being traded so many times, um, He's he's been able to, you know, manipulate the game to where he, he's able to, despite his age, he's able to fit in with the younger crowd. So I think that's a good thing.
0: What about Zion Williamson?
1: He's a talent, you know, he hasn't played a full season yet, but off of potential and on paper, I mean, he's he's right there on the board of climbing to be a star uh, in the league.
0: Pascal Siakam?
1: Uh, he's the glue for the Toronto Raptors. I mean, he was an unsung hero for the championship team and still is. And I think he's carrying that, that, that franchise. And I think he deserves a little more respect uh, from a lot of people.
0: Yeah, I think so too. I, for some reason, like I know it's it, it is with every sports uh, fan, you know, you can either you hate him sometimes and then other times he does uh, really well. And then that and now you love him. But, you know, the, the Raptors are not uh, they're not in that phase to win a championship right now. They're actually yeah, they're ready to try, but their big guns are gone. So they were kind of I think they were kind of investing their time and opening up salary cap space to go for another key player. But Pascal Siakam is great. The team of uh, you know Pascal, Norman Powell, uh, Fred Van Fleet, Kyle Lowry, and then you have uh, Aaron Baines as the as centerman. But uh, yeah, I would have definitely kept uh, Sergi Baka, one of my favorite players. Uh, but yeah, you're right. Pascal Siakam does deserve a lot more credit, um, just because like he hasn't been playing that long, I and mean, he has such a crazy. Um, but there's so much possibilities, right? That he's so talented. And the best part is, I think, that he doesn't get winded when he runs. So, like, he's super in shape.
1: That's always a positive. And if that's your best player's approach to the game, the other guys will follow. And, um, you know, like I said, the, the game has evolved so much. And uh, there's so many things you can do to stay in shape. There's so many things that you can do nowadays to keep your body. You see how much money they're spending now to you know to stay in shape we didn't have access to those things like the people before us did like i said the game is evolving around these players and hopefully it will continue to progress
0: i'm glad you like players that pass the ball because there's a lot of uh, uh, players that you know they command the ball and and they just hog it the whole time and it doesn't make for entertaining entertaining basketball or you know it doesn't help bring the team together either if the one guy is just trying to command everything uh but yeah there's a lot of great players out there uh being a player yourself the the the, how often do you work out do you work out after the game as well like i I saw something on the toronto raptors where demar Derozan went to go work out right after his game um you guys constantly in the gym
1: yeah we are it's starting to come back now i know with the shortened season and the on and off with the COVID checking so uh that's good for those guys to refresh their bodies while they're tired Build more muscle and endurance for this long season. So they're starting to get the memo about that, and I'm glad to see guys taking care of their body because there's a lot of injuries with these traveling and turning around season to season that fast. So I think
0: it's a plus for the whole league. Are the stakes higher? I mean, to be a to be a player, because like in the NHL, they have uh player tryout contracts. Basically, if you're not in shape, you're done. Right? Somebody else puts takes that that place, but. The way the game has evolved, I think, in the NBA is that it's anybody's position. It's anybody's uh, game to play. If you sh- if you come in and show up that superstar, yeah, he's going to get the, the, the time. But if you're playing way better than him and you're winning, they're going to keep you out there, right?
1: And a lot of times that doesn't happen. But now I'm glad coaches are starting to see that, uh, you know, despite the, how much you're paying this guy or the hype that they're getting. Hey, we got to go with making this team work together as a unit. And you're seeing that a lot with a lot of these young coaches trying to stay, change the norm from uh, the farm system with the same old coaches going from team to team. So you're seeing different dialogue and different play calling,
0: uh, just like the NFL. And finally, my, uh, my last question to you, Steve, can you still dunk?
1: You said what? My
0: bad. I I said, can you still dunk the ball?
1: In my dreams. No, I don't try. I'm 43. I'll be 44 next month, man. My my dunking days are are over, but I had a great time when I was above the rim.
0: That's amazing. Thank you so much for your time, Steve. I really appreciate it. Um, Again, Steve Francis, three-time NBA All-Star from the Houston Rockets, uh, most notably. And uh, he also played in, with the Beijing Ducks in the Chinese Basketball Association. The franchise, Steve Francis, right here on Meet Me for Coffee. And then in closing, let's be good, have some fun, and love one another. Thanks a lot, Steve. Thank you.